What's up, everybody? This is Andy Morales, and welcome to episode five of the Jazz and Sessions Live podcast. My guest today is Jairo Diabla. Brother, how are you? I'm doing phenomenal. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, man. Of course, man. So how are you? Talk to me. What's going on right now? So right now, I just, uh, I've been working really hard with, uh, with my Spanish uh, works, with my Spanish poetry. And uh, I've been uh, reading a lot, just doing a lot of research into, uh, into uh, how to get better with uh, diction and so forth. So uh, everything is going good. Family's great. Uh, you know, it's loving, loving life as a dad and uh, loving life uh, as a poet and a, and a, and a painter. So, yeah. That's awesome, brother. So talk to me, cause I know, I know you write, you also do painting. So, um, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll tackle one thing at a time. So, um, yeah. you have an interesting, unique way when you write, right? If, if I'm not mistaken, you write in um, surrealism, right? That's your, that's your main. Yes. So what, like, what are your inspirations behind your pieces that made you want to write like that? What made you say, Hey, I want to write like that. Was there a particular poet or a particular author that you read that made you want to write the way you write? Yeah, actually, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, there was, there was a, uh, there was a big influence on me uh, um, uh, long ago uh, when I started to discover surrealism. And it was uh, going back to my roots from, I'm originally from Madrid, Spain. And going back to my roots, one of the most famous writers in Spain is, his name is uh, Federico Garcia Lorca. And okay. he wrote, yeah, and then he wrote in a very surrealist way, very Spanish, very uh, intense way. And so I learned, I learned how to write intensely as a Spaniard, not only, not only as a Spaniard, but as a poet uh, in that way, thanks to him. And then I discovered the French surrealist group uh, from, from the 1920s where it all began uh, when I was around uh, 17 years old, when I discovered the, the French surrealist group. And, and I learned a lot from, uh, from the art that the, they had and also from the poems that they wrote in very strange ways. At first, I thought it was very strange. You know, I thought at first I was like, how, how can you write like this and make it honest? That was my biggest, biggest concern. And, okay. and then, yeah, and then I began to realize one thing that I would say is that I began to realize that because I'm from Spain, what I can do is my first language being Spanish, I can write honestly in English as if I was writing in Spanish, the same thing. So, wow, yeah. And so that's a literally, uh, literally just what it got me into writing into surrealism because not only my mind thinks very abstractedly, but uh, because I want to portray the intensity that I feel as a as a Spaniard and as a as a male and as a as an artist, uh, but I I want to portray the intensity of my people. I want to portray the the intensity and the 
and the softness and the uh, and the beauty of of what it means to be uh, a Spaniard, what it means to be uh, uh, a man of his country is is what I want to say. Now that makes sense. That makes sense. And for those who don't know really what surrealism is, do you mind explaining what exactly that is? Well, there's many different views on on a lot of people that uh, have spoken about surrealism. Is uh, the main the main thing that I would say that people would understand? It's the language of dreams. Okay. What that means, yeah, what that means is that you Freud. It comes from so it comes from the poet Guillaume Apollinaire which he was the first person that told or wrote the word surrealism, which is beyond what realism is. And so, and another person named André Breton, another poet, spoke uh, surrealism as being the language of dreams, the language that goes beyond our consciousness, the language that goes, the, the subconscious speaks. That's how okay. I would describe it for people okay. to understand. Okay, and then also with that being said, um, you mind reading a piece of yours that 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 you know just at least give us an example of something like that? Yeah, I can totally do that for sure. So this is one of the pieces that I wanted to portray with you today. Uh, the wanted to read, and it's and it's just it's just a uh, me speaking about a woman. And I use surrealism in the way that it is descriptive uh, about the woman and that it talks about her intuition is what I would say. Okay. It says, twice she fell to her dominion, sharp like a June bug of territories unheard of. She brightly spoke, determined, and browning her body with oil, sheepishly she rolled over the thunderous monument, cluttered in cloisters to be seen and forsaken. She was the cooing of the bird, the tundra of a prismatic sea, a channel between arms. Assuming this, she fostered her voices to dawn righteously beyond teeth and slashing. The seasons of her body were leaves of needled pines crumbling in ashes seen. Her becoming was painted within chromatic arts with crimson spores of light. So sudden, she took her night, reserved by pocket savoring through a meddling tongue, and in the endless force, she rescued her body from terrors of denying earths. Wow. Wow. Yo, that, that is phenomenal, man. Wow. What, what was, <laughs> yo, what, what was the inspiration with that particular piece, though? Was It just came out of your head, or was it something that inspired you to write that? Like, that is such a phenomenal piece, my friend. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, so one of the, one of the inspirations uh, that came uh, from, you know, from writing this piece was, I think a lot about uh, the women in my life uh, that I've, you know, talked to that have 
that friendly relationship and friends, etc. And I think a lot about what it is, what what it means to understand the the opposite sex. You know, not only as husbands and and males, we we are. I think we are often portrayed as as a sex that does not understand the opposite sex quite frequently, and that we have a hard time being in tune with with our you know with our feelings. Uh, you know, like uh, the opposite sex is like females have that intuition, have that sensitivity, and what I want to portray with my poems and especially with this piece is that I want to say in very simple words that I understand you. I understand everything that you're going through. I understand what you want to say. I understand what you want me to do, not only as a husband, as a friend, but I understand you completely. And that's what I want to portray with this piece. No, that's very powerful. And I, and I, I actually agree with you with that, especially when it comes to understanding the opposite sex. Um, it's interesting because even in my past relationships, whether it was a friend or a girlfriend or whatever, I think that was one of the biggest thing that I failed to understand. Not that I didn't understand it at all. I didn't understand a different perspective of certain situations when it comes to, came to the opposite sex. And honestly, I'll say it wasn't until I got married that I started to understand a bigger scale of it. Now, I don't know if it's because of the fact that I'm married and, and I guess through my walk with the Lord, I started to see a different perspective or it could be that and the fact that maybe my um, I've learned to be more mature about certain situations because, you know, especially when it's your first or second relationship, when I, I don't think a lot of young people think about those things. They just like the idea of, okay, I want to have a girl. I like to have these friends that are girls and have the idea of being around this opposite sex. But I don't think a lot of people yeah. these days take the time to really try to grasp the understanding. Like when a, a woman's going through that time of the month, you know, what kind of friend should you be when she's feeling this way? Or if uh, the opposite sex is, is depressed, how should we react? How should we deal with the situation where we can be that friend? Because I, I, I say this, um, and and not to knock on men or anything like that, I feel like a lot of us men, and I only say this because of my experience with my dad, um, you know, my, my father when he was around, and I don't think it was on purpose. I think upbringing has a lot to do with why men are this way, because my father was always told, well, you're a man, you, you're not supposed to feel this way, or you're not supposed to cry. Like, you know, the mm -hmm. highest soul kind of thing. And my dad was kind of like that with us. And I was the kind of person, like, I was the exact opposite of that. No, like, I think it's okay for a man to feel sad and to cry and stuff like that. And I think this yeah. is why I was always around, I was always around a lot of women growing up and even to this very day. But at the same time, I feel like us men can't, like, I don't know if it's just we forget what it is to feel a certain way, but I definitely agree that the way we get depressed is not the same way as when a woman gets depressed. It's it's a whole different thing because there's certain things they go through that we're just never going to understand. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly, exactly. And so that's why I think, that's why I think, you know, with, with poetry, with poetry and with art, you know, the creative person, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a woman, trans, it doesn't matter. 
what it is is that the creative person needs to come to terms with his or hers understanding of the outside realm that it's you know in that outside uh, vicinity of of himself or herself to be able to understand how to communicate properly i think a lot of poets do not understand the process of communicating properly because there's so much in their heads there's so much on their own problems that they want to be accepted so tremendously much that they forget that the way that you communicate your problems is in a simple, honest way. And you do it with love, you do it with kindness, you do it with everything that you know Christ taught, all those virtues that Christ taught is those are the philosophical virtues that almost every philosopher tries to you know, tries to understand in order to be able to find meaning in their existence. Every philosopher has has done that. And so what I'm trying to get at is that all the things that I try to portray in regards to the, uh, you know, to the opposite sex and to my sex is the way that I want to, uh, I want to communicate properly. I want to communicate with intensity but with a kindness that is intense, a, a hope that is intense, a virtue that is intense, everything that Christ did with, with the utmost passion possible. Oh, a- amen. Amen, brother. And I definitely agree with you on that. And I'm, I mean, especially when like, you know, from one man of God to another, you know, you know, like, like, because I think, I mean, I think truthfully, honestly, wholeheartedly, we want to be like that. We want to be, just like how Christ was, not just, you know, you know, because, you know, it's interesting too, because I was, I was watching a sermon about, not a sermon, like a preaching that I watch. And it was, it was about basically legalism versus holiness and the difference between it. And everything you said was basically describing the holiness of how Christ walked, right? Because what does that look like? You know, um, legalism says you have to do this, right? It's by works and it's, it's rules and stuff like that. When, Holiness was about, okay, I get to do these things because Christ is in me kind of thing, you know? It's all about discipleship. It's all about showing, like, basically, um, even though we have the laws and stuff like that, God God didn't abolish the law. I mean, Jesus didn't abolish the law. Rather, he fulfilled the law, and he took our place when it should have been us kind of thing. And it's through that we was now we know what love looks like. We know how it is to show compassion because Let's be honest, we don't always get it right type of thing, you know what I'm saying? And it's just, and I think it's very profound that as difficult as it is, it's not impossible. It's just, it can be difficult if we're not careful. Because especially, I think with us men too, because I, I know me, one thing I struggle with is is, is pride, right? Because I don't know, I think it's just a man thing. And we don't, I don't think a lot of us men need to be that way. But we want to show that compassion. Like I don't, I, I, I try my best to, use my voice for good, use my knowledge for good. And I feel like if I'm making some kind of impact, and I know that's God working. That's Jesus working in my yeah. life to, to be the light, you know, because, yeah, like uh, people see me to be like, oh, yo, you're such a great guy. Okay, that's great. But I want that when people see me, they don't just see me, that they, they see Jesus in me kind of thing. I totally agree. I think it's very crucial to be like that. And after my whole 
honestly, after all the years that I've had studying philosophy, theology, and, and studying all these books that I've told you that I've read, I, I've come to the conclusion, and you might think this is kind of funny, or you might disagree with me, but I, I've come to the conclusion that philosophers are idiots. The, the reason why I say that is because philosophers tend to want to find the meaning of existence and with logical thinking, whereas Christ taught the meaning of existence with not only with logical thinking, but with virtues, the virtues of service, hope, faith, charity, etc., in order for us to be able to understand the meaning of existence, the meaning of this life, the why, are, the question as to why are we here? It's that question doesn't have to go into a route of, okay, so why are we here? How about what are we doing here? Or how are we doing this? Or, you know, it doesn't need to be difficult. I agree that's with why you on that. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's that's why I came to that conclusion that after reading so much, because I, through you know, through my whole life, I've read so many books and I've I've studied so much theology, so many religions, so many things, that I just came to the conclusion that the biggest truth that I can live by are the virtues that will set me apart from not only from people but will draw me closer to help others live a fulfilled life. Not a perfect life, because we're not perfect, but a fulfilled life. Amen. Amen. Whew. Wow. <laughs> oh, man, that, that's so deep, but it's so true. No, I definitely agree with you with the whole... I mean, yeah, a lot of them are very intelligent, but I definitely agree when it, when it comes to that. Like, I, I, and I think the problem with the civilization is it's because they don't want to accept that okay look this is what it is because everything that jesus did everything he ever said it was so straightforward yeah did he speak in parables but it's just you know it, it shouldn't always be a certain way he he didn't say hey well the word of god says blah 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 no he he showed us he demonstrated what the word of god is he didn't just tell us what it was mm -hmm. but he demonstrated what that looked like you know and i think the problem is and if you look in you know um it, Oh, I'm trying to think. Like, if you look in the, the a lot of the stories in the Bible, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, like they didn't want to hear that. They were all about the rules and the legalism, the work. You know, the the the. Oh well, you're 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 hanging out with sinners, and God said no, but but I didn't come for the perfect. I've come for the broken. And you, the minute he said that, oh, that that's blasphemy, kind of thing. And it's like no, but that's the way it should be. I mean, you know, we're we're not perfect because you know we're supposed to be, no like we're not perfect beings and, and god knew we're that not. that's why he sent jesus to us and this is why jesus took our place you know and and mm -hmm. one thing i realized too you said something very important about the religions and stuff like that one thing i can definitely say about all this that yeah we have all these religions but there's only this one thing that no religion has ever professed that only jesus said he says i am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me no other religion has proclaimed that that exact thing mm -hmm. you know and like when i see that that verse that's john 14 verse 6 when i see that 
the way that speaks to me, it's like I'm convinced that Christ is the only way I'm going to have eternal life. That, that Christ is the only way that I'm really going to have that intimate relationship with the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Because we can be ourselves. We can be as broken as possible. And God loves us unconditional. And to me, that that is that is profound. That is powerful to me. And I feel like, yeah. and, and, and it's not even complicated. That's the simplest way he put it. He said, no one comes to the Father except for me. That's it. Not complicated. He just yeah. straight to the point. That's it. And I feel like, like you said, with philosophers and anything that's outside of God, basically like the secular world is like they want to over, I, I believe it's overcomplicated because they're trying to look around something that there's nothing there. It's just, this is what it is. Like, why are we, why are we trying mm -hmm. to go around that? Because one thing I've learned about my walk is if you want to be in the, you have to, yeah, it's like a circle. You have to be in the things of God, not be around it, if that makes sense. Exactly, exactly. And so that gets to the point that I'm trying to make with why surrealism, surrealism is the most, for me, as a person that thinks abstractedly, or in a very abstract way, surrealism is the way that I express those truths that we've been talking about it, the most honest way the most intense and the most hopeful, the most charitable, the most uh, virtuous way. Because I understand myself when I write in that certain in particular way. And that's why, that's why I love teaching it to others. That's why I love teaching others about surrealism and about understanding the language of dreams, but not only just the language of dreams, the language of the subconscious, the language uh, that we don't often listen to ourselves. And you as a man of God, uh, Andy, you would uh, I would tell you that it is the language of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is the language that many people, the, the, the language that many people do not listen to because they are so blinded. They're so blinded by by the complaining side or the shadow side as an archetype that they don't want to understand what, number one, the Holy Spirit, number two, the subconscious, number three, the, you know, in other archetypes, the starborn, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's, you know, it takes many forms, but it is always what, it always comes down to the language of truth, the language that truth speaks to all of us. You know, differentiating, helping us differentiate what is what is a lie and what is the truth. And so I love teaching that to people. And that's why you you made that point tremendously well. You know, that that truth that Christ spoke, none of us, none of us can go around it, below it, you know, to the left or to the right. We always have to go through it in order to be able to understand what it is that we're doing here in this world. Amen, amen. I'm just like, I mean, you can't see me, but like, I'm like smiling right now because it just brings me peace, you know? So I'm just very like, I'm in awe right now because it's just such a profound conversation we're having here. And it's it's so true, you know? And it's just, and what, what, and I was talking about this with my wife not that long ago, how it sucks that, you know, let's say there are, 
people who truly want to know, who are truly curious about what Christ is, but because they've been hurt, or let's say they were at a church before, and there's that church hurt, that it's kind of hard for them to really see what Christ is all about. And that's what hurts me the most, because I have a lot of friends that used to be, you know, followers of Christ, but then something happens to them in church, and now it's just like, oh, so this is what it is. I don't want to be a part of that kind of thing. And it makes me sad, because I'm like, oh. You know, because even though I've never experienced church hurt or anything like that, so maybe that's another thing that I, I'm not I'm not really going to understand that. But one thing I do see in a lot of churches is that there's these, like, there's, there is, I believe there's always division within the church. And what I mean by that, I don't mean division like, as in, like, culture, but, like, there's these cliques that sometimes hang out. And I don't think they realize this happens, and then they deny it. But that, there's that hurt that when, you know, you want to fit into the crowd. But one thing I realized, well, it, it, we're not called to fit in. We're called to stand out. Mm-hmm. And I believe what exactly. you're doing, like you, you, you're standing out because you're a poet, you're a painter, but you're not just any poet. You're not just any other painter. No, you, 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 you're standing out. You're a little, you're very different from a lot of people that I see, which is why, like when I was looking around, just you know, look, when I had my old community page and I saw you and I'm like, wait, there's something about this guy right here. And then we just started communicating <laughs> the way we are. I'm like, this is what I'm saying. It's the standout. That's what I look for. When something stands out to me, I'm like, okay, we're, we're called the standout. And it's just the vibe that mm-hmm. we caught when we first started talking. Like, I knew instantly, okay, this guy's such a great guy. And then we got to know each other. And I realized, okay, we're both people of God. It's like, wow, okay, he gets it. He gets it. Yeah. I do. I do. And I think it's I think it's very important to to understand, too, that it's not only about standing out, it's about uh, wanting to stand out. You know, it all starts with wanting to. And and that that little seed that you planted, you know, in my heart, you know, with your friendship, it made me want to stand out even more because it was, you know, a lot of people don't understand that you, even though your community page was not bigger than other community pages, you gave so many opportunities to so many poets that now are getting uh, are getting recognition and they're getting into anthologies and getting into all these into all these pages, et cetera, et cetera. and and I found I found that it is thanks, you know, you deserve the credit because of that because i I was able to find some of my greatest friends in this world, thanks to you. And, you know, and you've become one of my greatest friends in the world. And so I think a lot of people need to understand that too. So, yeah. So I'm very grateful for you, Andy. No, no thank you. I'm grateful for you too. And, uh, whew, okay. I'm trying not to cry right now. Cause um, I think I, after who else I told this to that um, I'm not used to hearing these kind of things. So, th- so thank you for that. Um, I had another poet that's going through some tough times. You know, I'll keep her name anonymous and stuff. And um, long story short, you know, she said, she like flat out told me, you know, you're the only guy that does not hit on me here. Like you give me hope, you know, like when I need someone, you always come at the right time. And it's just, and actually I explained to her, well, no, it's not something, okay. Like it's just, when I feel something's up, I said, I don't know. It's just this thing in me, that compassion, my way, there's something going on. Let me make sure you're okay. Or like, like, it's weird because I'll have a dream about something about somebody and I say and you know I feel like and I've always been told oh when you have a dream about somebody you're supposed to just pray for them but say hey let me reach out make sure they're okay and then I'll find out later 
oh, that, oh, yeah, um, it's interesting because I've been going through a tough time, blah, 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 you know, whatever the thing might be. But when that person told me, oh, you give me hope, you know, to not want to kill myself. Like, you know, how many people, you know, how many people have told me that, that to me, I'm not used to that. I'm like, oh, my God, like, I never knew I can have that kind of an impact, you know, and I think you saying what you just said, that's just more confirmation from the Lord. Yeah. No, like you are doing like maybe you don't feel like you are but you are and, and that's that's god's grace and god's favor over my life you know like yeah i mean thank you for the credit but mm-hmm. I, I i give the credit all to the lord because it's god that gave me that inspiration to want to be who i am today you know to be a better version of me you know so thank you so much for that because yeah. that, that means so much to me like you have no idea <laughs> well i'm glad i'm glad thank you so much for everything for real so, all right. Do you uh, do you want me to read another poem, or what would you like me to do? Oh well, yeah, you could read another piece, absolutely. Okay. So the one of the things that I wanted uh, to uh, to talk to you about is um, the importance of, you know, one of the things that I mentioned was listening listening to the subconscious. I talk a lot about listening to the subconscious with a lot of poets, with which is with Robert Causey that you had in one of your episodes, with Cassie, uh, Jane Fielding, with with Matt Bottiglieri, which is he's a Hector verse, and with with AI Firefly, uh, with that group that I associate with, and uh, I when I first met them, I spoke very very earnestly to all of them in order to be able to help them understand the language of the subconscious, which for you, Andy, you would understand it as language of the Holy Ghost, the how it speaks in whispers and how, you know, Christ and Heavenly Father speak through the Holy Ghost to all of us in order to be able to help us understand what's good and what's bad, that influence. So with the language of the subconscious, I want to help others understand that through their poetry, they can uh, differentiate not only what's good and what's bad, but they can understand themselves in in such a way that they will know, they will know without understanding God, how God feels about them or how in their own way, how life feels about them. Because a lot of people that they don't understand God, they see life as life is such a cruel woman or life is such a cruel thing that gives me all these despairs, all these problems. And so the language of listening to the subconscious, what it does is helps us, not only helps us become better poets, but it helps us become better friends, better husbands, better wives, better everything. And so one piece that I love uh, I don't know if you have any any thoughts on that. What I what I was saying. No, no, that that's very profound, and um, I definitely agree with you. You know, I, I believe definitely. Um, one thing I believe about when it, when it comes to creating and and writing, like in my case, um, yeah, like you know, when I it's interesting because when I write, I just write whatever comes to mind, and sometimes I don't even understand the stuff that I write, but I believe. It shouldn't always stay in one direction. Like, like when we write and create, it should never be one directional. I should, I believe it should be more than direct. Like it should be very directional. It should be a whole multiple directions because 
you never know how yeah. much you can expand the mind. Like I, def- I definitely agree with that. Everything you just said makes so much sense. Yeah, and so I, I commend you. I commend you for saying that because you understand without knowing uh, what surrealism does or the principles of surrealism. You understand one of the biggest bases of surrealism, which is listening to the subconscious, because the subconscious does not talk in one direction. It's very multi-directional, you know. And you understand that, so I commend you. No, for you, that. thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you so much, brother. Yeah, and so um, one of the pieces that I wanted to read is called it's called Colors Come. Okay. So it says colors. It says, colors come to be at this, a colossal echo of dawns, to breed the night. Do you know which one? Colors come, come and go. Beyond the tenacity of division, languid and lambed, like the face of wandering doves. Wow. Damn, that's, wow. So tell me about... Because I wrote some things down. I love this. Uh, can you read that line again about the division? Yeah. So I'll just reread it okay. again. It says, Colors come to be at this, a colossal echo of dawns, to breed the night. Do you know which one? Colors come, come and go, Beyond the tenacity of division, languid and lamped. Wow. Like the face of wandering doves. Wow, I love that. I love that so much. Wow. Tell me about this piece. Like, this is, wow. I love that. The, 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 the tenacity of division. Like, I love that. That line, for some reason, stood out at me. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, what this what this is all about is is what I've been talking to you about the importance of listening to the subconscious, because a lot of us, when we hear the subconscious, is through the language of pleasure, not only just with bodily pleasure, but with you know that we experience it with you know with our sight, with our nose, with our taste buds, and we see it's almost like a colorful experience. And so what this means is that with me, me as a person, as a painter, I experience color the way that color is supposed to be experienced. A tenacity of division, languid and lamped like the face of wandering doves. The beauty of seeing a dove fly, a lot of people call doves the rats of the sky. But in reality, doves are so beautiful. Doves, every bird in the sky is beautiful. It's a creation of God. It's the, you know, it's a creation from the biggest artist in, you know, in the whole universe. And so what that is for me is, is colorful. It is the preciousness of color. So that's what it means. Wow. No, I like that so much. And the whole dove thing, I never knew that they call it the rest of the sky. I didn't know they call it that because dove. Because from my understanding, when I think about dove, I, I think about the Holy Spirit, like the symbol of it, because it was always a symbol of a dove. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting, like you said what you just said, because I never knew that people say that about that. Yeah, it's either pigeons or doves. They're the rats of the sky. 
what they call it. I never, I never knew that though. Oh man! So now I, I want to drift. Uh, I wanted to change the landscape a little bit about because I know you do paint yeah. as well. Um, what is the inspiration behind your painting? Now, is your painting in a surrealism way also, or like, like, or is that a whole different thing? Like, talk to me about that. Yeah, so my painting has a base of uh, being a hybrid, being a hybrid uh, of cubism, expressionism, uh, surrealism, and sometimes uh, fauvism, which those are all those isms that had to, uh, you know, from the past classical periods of Pablo Picasso, Henri Matisse, uh, surrealism, and like, for example, a painter that is really, really famous in, in surrealism would be um, Rene Magritte, which is the man, I don't know, you've probably seen this painting, it's it's a man that has an, a bowler hat, and he has an apple in front of his face, covering his face. Oh, yes, 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 okay, I, okay. It, which is really, really famous painting, everybody has seen it. Um, a lot of people have seen it, but so it's my painting has a base of a hybrid of all of those, all of those groups that I have named. Wow. Okay. And yeah, the painting is called the son of man, if I'm not mistaken, right? That's the yes. name of the painting. Yeah. I don't know. I, I looked it up just now as you were telling me this. Yeah. It's such a profound feast. Like, um, uh, hold on, I wanted to read something that I saw here. Um, it's perhaps his well-known artwork. Uh, I can't pronounce his last name. I, I'm sorry. Magritte. Am I saying that? Magritte. 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 Magritte painted it as self-portrait. Mm -hmm. The painting consists of a man in an overcoat and a bowler hat standing in front of a wall beyond which are the sea and the cloudy sky. The man's face is largely obscured by a hovering green apple. But I, I'm interested to know what is the meaning, like why did he decide to put the apple in front of his face? Well, for a lot of people, for a lot of, uh, you know, critics, etc., like it can mean different things. But for example, if I was to ask you a question, why, why do you think, Andy, why do you think he chose a green apple? What is the color green represent in your own eyes or in your own mind well it's interesting because green that yeah, because it's like it's like when they say hey the grass is the grass isn't always green on the other side let's say for example that expression of green green a lot of times from from my life it always represented something good but it's okay if it ain't always good all the time because yeah even though the grass is green but there's a difference between how, how green the grass can be because if a grass is too green, we have to be careful because there's a certain level of green that the grass can only be. So if it's a little extra green and you, that grass right there might be a little fake and we have to be careful for what's behind that, it, it, uh, what's underneath that green grass. Like if you lift it up and you see dirt, let's say for example, I don't know if that makes sense what I'm saying, that it's like, oh wait, it does. Like, like, what is this? Oh, this is not what it. This is not what it appears to be. So I feel, I feel like with this painting, with me saying that, it's like, hey, look, you know, you don't, you see what's in front of you, but you don't see what I go through behind the apple, behind closed doors, kind of thing. That's the way I. That's the way that speaks to me. And that, 
And honestly, that is the meaning of it. Because surrealism, that's what it does. Wow. It has multiple, multiple meanings. And so that meaning that you just gave out, that that can be a meaning of it. Exactly. Wow. Oh, that's so... <laughs> Wow, man, that's such a that's powerful, brother. That's so powerful, man. Wow, and that's what I'm saying. That's why I, I, I like, like I said, you're the reason I started getting into the surrealism. That's why I started reading your piece. I started reading Cassie's pieces and stuff like that. And I'm just like, wow, like it's such a different level of writing. And to me, that's so profound. Like, I, like I love that. I noticed, um, Ecclesiastes and the Bible has a little bit of surrealism in it as well, actually, which is very interesting. You know, when he talks about um, mm -hmm. this is what life is, but it's meaningless. I'm like, wait, so you're saying life is good, but then you're saying life is bad. But then all this is all meaningless at the end of the day. I'm like, wait, what? But 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 there's a bigger picture behind everything that Solomon says. And I love that. That's actually one of my favorite books, actually, in the Bible was Ecclesiastes. Yeah, that's a that's a brilliant, brilliant book for me is the book of Revelation. Yeah, that's yes. That's the most surrealist. That's the most surrealist out of all the books, I th I think, um, because of, you know, talking about uh, the beast, uh, you know, the descriptions of of the cherubs, you know, etc. Genesis also has a lot of surrealism. Um, so um, so there's a lot of surrealism depicted in the Bible, tons and tons of surrealism, because the main principle of surrealism also has to do with the language of symbols yes. the language of the what you know what does the symbol mean you know when it was portrayed in rock you know what i mean it goes beyond the rock goes beyond uh the man that carved it it is you know the principle of why does the mind you know think in symbols why does the mind think the way that it does, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that one, definitely. So with all that being said, I understand you said you do write pieces in Spanish, so you mind sharing us some Spanish poetry? Yes, yes, I would love to share some Spanish poetry with you guys. And I'll read the latest that I've written, excuse me, which is a part of what I'm writing, which is... A very long poem. It's uh, about my life. Uh, it's an autobiographical poem. Okay. So, it says, De músico y de la bostezada marea, Podría hoy dilatarse en este frío, Podría ser el toser de mi boca, Todo lo vi, duplicarse en mi odiosa fuga, El asociado viento con puño lujoso, al bastón que dijo como pude yo, no soy alguien. Por eso me he visto hoy de músico, para verle a esa mujer irse del jamás de sus jamases. Podrido el filamento, aquel horrible día de los asnos que son furias afeitando al ras del pie de una mañana que grita, y no grita, y se deja madera moldeable cuando Pésima, la serpiente se pone el alma de la mentira. Sí, esa materia. ¡Ay, eternidad! Lo sosegado, la sosegada prosa, una montaña de lo parado. ¿Cuándo? Un cuándo con soledad, con patitas de maíces y de pasión, 
pensando en la molécula de la madrugada, esa cristiandad, lo íntimo con aromas, después de ser modesto y volver para ser alguien desde la pierna quebrada, disputando con puerta oscura, sí, un pilar del alfiler, cuántas veces se perfora la tardía mañana con mundos desde las planas maneras de vivir, las cuales me brindan una gloria al mascar esa tarde de buena vida, con frío desde la música de mis entrañas. Wow. <laughs> wow. I felt that. I, it, it, you know, it, it, oh, my God. I love that because it's not just what you said, but the way you expressed it was so, oh, man, bro. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> to me about this man this is wow like i wow this is such a phenomenal piece my friend wow <laughs> well thank you i appreciate it so this you know for for those that will be listening um i so what this piece talks about in spanish is the process of my youth that i decided to be a musician i was 12 years old and i decided i'm going to be a musician And I'm going to play music. I'm going to uh, define myself as a musician. And as I go along, music is going to be my life. And the reason why I say that is because there's a lesson to be learned in this piece. And the lesson is that as we go throughout, throughout our youth, we try to emulate our heroes. And so we try to do the things, we try to follow our heroes in order to be able to uh, portray an identity that is not ours. Because our identity is very, very related to our destiny. And a lot of people don't understand that. And what that means is that your destiny can be written with the thing that you love the most. But if you try to portray your heroes thinking that that's what you love, what they love is what you're going to love the most, you're not understanding yourself. And so that's what this piece is all about, is portraying my heroes, portraying my mus music, uh, my musician heroes, and not understanding that that's not what I truly love. That what I truly love, which I'm going to be speaking about later on in the, in the pieces, in, in this poem, is that... I love words. I love the way that I can express myself through abstractions, through poetry, through painting, etc. And so I'm going to be talking about that later on in the poems. Wow. And you know what? It's so, oh man, because as you're saying that, I was remembering a, a sermon I heard a long time ago. With, um, so the, it's Pastor Darius Daniels. He said how You know, because he, he was talking about, like, you know, um, heroes. He was talking about, you know, what we look up to and stuff like that. So one thing he was talking about in this sermon was how he, he kind of brought up wrestling. Oh, it's called the wrestling man. That's what the sermon was called. But, but, but the purpose of the sermon wasn't about wrestling. It was rather how we wrestle with ourselves, with our identity, mm -hmm. because he was talking about the story of Jacob when he wrestled with God. Kind of thing. Yeah. But one thing he said before he started doing the sermon was, you know, when we used to, like, when we watch wrestling, you know, like Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, whatever, 
and and we actually believed what we were portraying, right? So with that being said, to tie into what you're saying is interesting because I think we wrestle with ourselves because we're trying to wrestle with who we truly are, not who we think we need to be kind of thing, right? And it's very interesting because I believe, like, let's say my heroes, right? I'll look at my heroes. I believe our heroes is someone we should be inspired by, not who we need to try to be, if that makes sense. Because if I love what they love, that it's like, what am I really trying to understand? I don't want to be like you. Rather, I want to be inspired by you to be who God has called me to be. And, yeah, a better version of yourself. Yes, and 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 you guys are the inspiration behind. Like honestly, like, and I'll say this, you know, when it comes to doing what I do now, as far as not just writing poetry, but like like the 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 podcasting, like why I decided, hey, do a, you know, to do an, a podcast and stuff like that. Because other than myself, there's another brother named Joe Steele. He does. He started doing podcasting as well. Um, he's actually the reason I started doing podcasting because of the fact that. He had the idea, and then we said, all right, let's, let's see what happens. But the reason, I mean, what he does is different from what I do, but the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing is because I believe there's a lot of stories that need to be told, and there's a lot of voices that are voiceless. And with this mm-hmm. piece, I want to be able to provide my platform for people to tell their stories, to have a voice when they feel like they don't have a voice. So it's like, yeah, like, yeah, it's, it's my pocket, but it's not about me. It's about the community. It's about us. And which is why I've been expanding into other platforms as well, because the more I can get the story out there. So it's not about popularity. It's about like, let's say a person's having a bad day and like, oh, what's this? I'm interested. And then they hear the stories. They're like, oh my God, this guy understands. Oh my God, where can I find this guy? You know, I, I want to see what he's all about kind of thing. And and that's the way inspiration should be in my in, in my opinion, you know? And I feel like you guys are the reason I started to do this podcast because I read all these pieces and I and I, I, I heard so many stories from each piece, you know, each poet that I talk to and interact with. And I'm like, oh man, but these people have stories that need to be told and they're not given the opportunity to be told. So I want to be the first one, not the only one. I want to be the first of many people who 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 finally can provide something where people can tell the stories and read their pieces and, and others can get inspired by others. Yeah. And I feel like that's the yeah, way it should that's be. fantastic. Yeah. Oh, thank you, thank you. You know, so that for me, to me is important because I believe that's what leaving a legacy is all about. You know, just like what you're doing. Like, yeah, you're doing what you're doing because it's not for you, but I, I know like in your case, you you have a son, so I feel like when your son gets older, like, oh yeah, I remember when my father used to do this. I remember when my dad used to do this. But he made such a difference in so many other people's lives because A B C D E F, you know, whatever the case might be, mm-hmm. and and that's something you're leaving behind because I feel like we're 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 called to leave things behind because when we die and we go to the things of God, you know, our flesh stays here. And, and our spirit goes to the Lord, but what we leave behind in this earth, whether it's inspiration or, or, you know, whatever the case might be, or poetry, but this is stuff that, wow, like this is the legacy that my father left behind. Like with me, I started writing poetry because my father used to write a lot of poetry, even though he's not published or anything like that. But my father wrote so much poetry and it's just like, even though my relationship with my dad was just weird, but it was kind of like, 
somehow something about him inspired me. And I did have a period where I kind of stopped writing for a while, but it wasn't until he passed away that, um, it wasn't until he passed away that that part of him went on to me and then I got more inspired than I've ever been before. But there's that thing, that legacy that my father left behind for me that I believe now it's, it's, it's flourishing so many ways and it's through that. And then just taking a chance of going into this community. I'm like, okay, I don't know how this is going to happen. I just started posting stuff on Instagram. I just started posting and then people just started commenting little by little yeah, and then I came across these community plays. I'm like, hey, what's this? And then this is how it all started. But I'm like, okay, I believe this is what God wants for me too, because I feel like in the things of God, this is something I feel like it's a calling in my life. Because, and you said it to me earlier, which is confirmation as well. Okay, like to be that light. Hey, look, because let's be honest, not everybody wants to hear everybody's story, and it sucks, you know. Or there's people who need to know. Oh my God, like there has to be someone that understands, you know, and, and I want this and to be, I guess, the, the beginning of something so extraordinary, in my opinion. Like this is, this is for me, you know, as far as like how I feel, about how I see this, if that makes sense. And, see, yeah. You know, and I feel like just the same way with you and with everybody else, you know, yeah, you know, they want to get the words out there, but I feel like there's more to than just getting the words out there to get the story out there. There's so much more with that. And I wish many more people will understand that because one thing I've noticed about this community, and this is not everywhere, this is a lot of places I've seen, they're all about, okay, this is what I want to do. I want people to see me and that's it. But, and maybe that's okay, but I'm like, what about, inspiring others you know I, I want to be that light yeah. to somebody else I want to I want to inspire people I want to I want to be a light I want them to see that hey you are not alone like I do I'm one of those people and you're one of those people and others are others and others are also one of those people that they want to hear this story they want to talk they want to have that conversation and I feel like that's important you know um I got to podcast too because you know I, I I listen to a lot of wrestling podcasts and I'm like damn but there's no there's not a lot of podcasting for like poetry and telling stories like that and everything was always with celebrities but why does it have to be like that let's be something different and I feel like that's what I'm doing with this and this is why you and I are having this conversation too because you know you are one of those people that I I I, I get inspired by a lot I look up to you to be honest and it's just I I <laughs> it's true you know and it's just this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Like, and, and I'm pushing myself and I'm like, Lord, this is what it is. And this is what I'm going to do kind of thing, you know? And it's so far, it's been so positive. It's been so profound because I would have people tell me, Hey bro, great podcast. Yo, I, I love the, you know, and, and that's just the beginning. But again, I, I give it all to God because God's the reason that he's provided this for me. That's the way I see it, you know, but I want to be inspired. And I, cause I feel like, It'll inspire others, but it will also inspire me too. You know, I'm like like I want to give, but I also want to receive kind of thing, you know, for 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 yeah. expansion of my mind, if that makes sense. And I hope that's how it should be for everybody else as well. I I've said so many things. I'm so sorry, bro. No, 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 no. Those those are the best things uh you know to say. And and honestly, I agree with all of it. I agree that I agree that a lot of people in this community 
are suffering. Because at first I thought, at first I thought, you know, all these people want to be accepted and want to be seen and want to be famous and want to publish and and a lot of them are not good and all these things, all these negative things that I was thinking. But I was in reality thinking a lot of these poets, they write about pain, they write about their pain and stuff like that. They've never experienced what it is to have a true friend. Think about it. Yeah. Amen. You know what I mean? Think about it. You know, because at first, at first, you knew me. At first, you were the one of the first persons in March, back in March last year, that I talked to. And you remember how I was? Yeah, you remember I remember. How, how, how depressed and how alone I felt and how everything I felt? It's, it was because of that, because I didn't understand or I, I wasn't remembering. I wasn't remembering what it is to truly be a friend. Wow. And so, and so that's why I mean, that's why I mean that people need to understand that we are not here as a community. We're not here in order to be able to get rich and get famous out of poetry. Nobody in this world has ever gotten rich and famous out of poetry, except the uh, Lord Byron, which, you know, he was already rich, but he just, Lord Byron woke up one morning, he said, and he was suddenly famous. And it was because of his uh, long epic poem that he wrote. And, um, and so what I'm trying to say is that we're not going to be rich and famous here. It's just, it's just not going to happen. And so what's going to happen, sorry, I'm making a bottle for my son, so you're going to hear a little bit of sound. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, it's fine. And so what's, what's happening is that we need to understand that what you're doing, Andy, is, is something that is bringing people closer together. And it, and it has to bring people closer together because you're giving people opportunities. And, and, that's, and that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And, and that's why I give you all the credit because it's it truly is impressive that you just decided one day like hey I'm gonna do a podcast and and this is what's gonna happen. Amen. No, thank you. Yeah. I received that, man. I received that. In Jesus' name, I receive all that, man. Thank you so much for that. And it's true, man. Like what you said, it's just you know, it's just I have a passion for it, you know. And I think that's what it was. And I I look back at my childhood. It's like, well, I wish somebody would have given me the chance. I wish somebody would have wanted to hear my side of the story of things. Like if I got in trouble a lot, but no one ever heard my side of the story. It was always whatever they said and that was it. And you weren't, like I mm. wasn't allowed to express. I wasn't allowed to be emotional. I wasn't allowed to do anything. And as I got older and all these resources are being provided for a lot of people. And yeah, unfortunately, a lot of these resources, people use it for bad, but I want to use it for good. And it's just, you know what? I know there's somebody out there that is like, them, I, 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 you know, that's what that's going through what I went through. That it's like, I want to be that difference in their life. I want to be that difference maker where they're like, wow, okay, there is a place that, that people do care after all, that this world is not as cruel as society or civilization has made it out to be, you know, and that, that's a beautiful thing. I agree. Well, thank you so much for, you know, for having me on, on the podcast. Really, thank you. No, no, absolutely, brother. Um, and I've said this to you before, too. Like, you know, like you're one of those few people that I know that, you know, not only brings inspiration, but it's just so real and, and such a 
you know, I believe you're definitely a powerful man of God, and 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 all I ask is don't don't stop using that. You know, like keep keep spreading, you know, your realness, your rawness, your truthfulness. You know, through the things of God, and you're you're doing that already. You know, and and you know, there's been a lot of people that I got inspired by, and they have left because of stupidity that's happened. And I always tell people like, yo, like do it for you. Do it because you want to be that difference maker, not just because you feel like you have to kind of thing. You know, and you're doing that, man. Mm. And I, I really mean that, like for real, you know? Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. And that's, so, that's what's yeah. important. So, no, absolutely. So, you know, we're good. So, you know, because it's already almost towards the end. So, we're going to bring it to a close. But is there any last words you want to say? Uh, yeah, just whoever is listening to this, just remember that you're not alone. That if you, if you need, uh, you need a true friend. You can always count on, you know, on me. I, I go by at poetry by Hiro, uh, and you can always count on Andy because he was there from the very beginning for me, and and he still is here for me. And so you can always count on us. And just remember that you're not alone. That if you need help with your poetry, if you need help with anything, just remember that you're not alone and that we're here. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much for that. God bless you, brother. And um, talk to you soon. Um, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, brother. All right. And um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for episode five of Jazz Sessions Live podcast. Uh, we will see you soon for the following episode, episode six. God bless you. And may the Lord be with you. Keep each and every one of you safe. God bless.